0: Dolly, I'll never go away
1: Car Guy Radio Show.
2: I say this calls for action, and now, nip it in the bud. Nip it. In the bud. You got to nip it in the bud.
1: Hello, Dolly. <laughs> I bet you listed those two songs and think, Robbie, what in the world? Where are you going with this? Well, Hello, Dolly. Three moving life lessons. <laughs> you see, this week, packing up and driving from Dallas, Texas, seriously, in a 15 foot U haul, pulling my mother in law's Chrysler Sebring with a toe dolly, right? You're getting this. <laughs> provided me with a three life lessons that I think are worth examining. So, get it? Well, hello, Dolly. <laughs> three moving life lessons. That's what we got going on today. Bob, you know what I'm saying?
3: It took me a minute to make the connection and connect the dots there, but uh, oh, how crystal clear it dawned <laughs> on me after I realized where you were actually headed with this.
1: So, the number one life lesson, and we're going to explore this significantly, um, has to do with the fact that when you have a tow dolly, now I'm not talking about a trailer, but a dolly that's hooked up to the back of a moving van, you can't back up. I mean, you jackknife immediately.
3: Absolutely, 100% of the time.
1: And it totally changes your worldview <laughs> because... When you can't back up, you, you, you got to be thinking forward. Yeah. Where am I going to go forward to get out of this situation? Because you can't back up. And as you might guess, I have a story along those lines. We'll get to that in a minute. Number two, but I just want to get these life lessons out there. Okay. <laughs> okay. Number we, two,
3: we could linger on that and one. We are going to linger. <laughs> We're going to linger.
1: Number two, stuff is heavy and bulky. I'm talking stuff. Is heavy and bulky, and I have discovered that it is easier to get rid of. Excuse me. It's easier to get than it is to get rid of. Amen. Yeah. And number three, I have discovered that you can fit a 1,500 square foot worth of household materials in a 15-foot truck. (laughs) (laughs) Carefully. (laughs) Very carefully. So – life interestingly bob has moved forward You, you don't get to back up and and so what you know this is sort of this life lesson thing is is you're thinking about towing this car behind right and and so you're really looking out there now this wasn't my first rodeo with a tow dolly and so i have to return to my much younger years Let's go back to 1984. (laughs) My first experience with a U-Haul. Seems like yesterday. It does seem like yesterday. And this particular night, I will never forget for the rest of my life. At this time, I have a 20-foot truck. Because back then, you know, you wanted to have plenty of truck. You thought it had a lot more stuff I couldn't pack back then like I can now. So we had a 20-foot truck. And we had a 1977 Pontiac Grand Prix, which you may describe as a land yacht. This is not. The front wheel drive version, or even the one that they shortened up in the, you know, early '90s. This is the great big long 1970, Nearly
3: five thousand pounds of car, <laughs> yes.
1: Sir. Oh yeah, it was a bobsled. It <laughs> yeah. would have got brought big money coming across. Big money. It was big money. Yes. Sir. So this thing was long, and so here we are in 1984. We've got this truck loaded with stuff, and we are moving from Georgetown, Texas, to Grand Junction, Colorado, and we have loaded all day. And we decide we're going to drive all night. Now to say I was exhausted at this point would be an understatement, and so I'm really, really tired. And somewhere on a two-lane road in the middle of West Texas, somewhere I really do not know, because I was very, very tired. I got to the point where, oh man, I need to stop and sleep. We got to get a motel room. And so we're driving through this little town. Now remember, you can't back up. You know. <laughs> we're driving through this little town and there's this vacancy sign on what looked like a little bit of a sketchy place. Like, I don't know if i want to bring my family into that one, but it said vacancy. And so I wasn't, I was like, well, maybe, but then I thought, no, we'll find a better place. There's bound to be a better place in this little town in Texas. And so we're pulling through town and all the no vacancy signs are lit up and there's no vacancy. And so as we're, we're beginning to get to the end of town there's this sign that says that the next town is 40 miles away. I am sleepy. And I said, well, I will just turn around. And it looked like there was plenty of space in this particular place to turn around. What I did not realize at that point, that it literally takes somewhere in the neighborhood of six to seven football fields to turn around this rig. (laughs) (laughs) And remember, you can't back up. Now, to add to this scenario, we're at the bottom of a hill. And back then in Texas, you know, people would drive 80, miles an hour down these roads. It's two in the morning. And I'm at the bottom of a hill. And I try to turn this car, this truck around with all this stuff. And as I get over there, I, I think I've given myself enough room, but I pull right in front of a billboard. That wasn't a particularly large billboard. And it had two four by fours that were holding it up. But it was right dead in the way. And I thought, well, I need to back up. Well, you back up jackknife, go the other way, back up jackknife that way, back up this way, jackknife that way, you know, and this, this was going on. And all of a sudden I can hear a car coming over the hill at what I know is a great rate of speed. And I think to myself, well, this is it, big boy. (laughs) These people could come down a hill and kill your family or you got to go. And so I put, you know, back then those trucks had granny low. You remember that, Bob? Oh yeah, climb trees with that gear. Well, we climbed a billboard that night. We <laughs> pulled up gently to the billboard, put it in granny low, and we ran over the billboard. And I made a big loop, and I headed towards wherever I could get. And and you know, it was an interesting thing. It was better than a night's sleep. I was wide <laughs> awake. I, I, I was terrified, ashamed. I was a million things, but one thing I wasn't at that point was sleepy. And and we actually went on, and I felt bad bad about that for years and years and years. But it was something that I have never ever even begun to forget. That when you're driving such a rig, you 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 cannot back up, and so you have to think through, you know what that looks like. Bob, I know you've towed a few cars, and I know you're thinking to yourself, I've got a, a U-Haul towing story for you, Robbie. You got a U-Haul story? Maybe you packed the truck. And we got, we got a few more of those. We would love to hear yours, 866-348-7884. Now this.
3: I can't count the times that people pulled in the parking lot at the Yarn and they had a vehicle on a tow dolly. And you've seen the parking lot. It's, <laughs> it's pretty easy to leave yourself a forward exit, you know. Right. Just real easy to, but people will pull right up there and put themselves in a position and there was nothing left to do except roll that vehicle off. And a lot of times you even had to unhook the tow dolly and move it around and then rehook, and then put the car back up. It's, it's not a. Uh, no, and, no. And you're right. It's, it's not a possibility of uh, backing up. You might can squeeze out an inch or two, but, you know, it's an immediate failure.
1: So you might not be surprised at all to find out that Jesus spoke about this very subject. Toe Yeah, Luke chapter 14. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to have to read a little closer. (laughs) (laughs) You know, back then they didn't have writers, but they had had built towers, some people did, and it said before you build a tower, you better count the cost. And so, you know, that has a lot to do with this very thing. Before you pull into that, gas station or before you pull into that parking place, you know, have you thought through exactly how you're going to get through? And so there's a lot of life lessons that we got just in the, in the not backing up issue. But interestingly, Jesus continued, the same exact, the same exact thing he was teaching on discipleship. You know, he goes on to say, and here's a little more of our challenge for the show today in which by the way, we'd love for you to call at 866-348-7884. And this has to do with that number two stuff is heavy and bulky and easier to get rid of, easier to get than get rid of. Verse 32 actually says this. So then none of you can be my disciple who does not give up all his own possessions.
3: <laughs> yeah, I tripped and stumbled and fell and wallered in that one. Uh, when you first said that a while ago, uh, I was like, okay, I've got a little more work to do.
1: So then none of you can be my disciple who does not give up all. I'm pretty sure that's what that says. All his uh, all. Yeah. So we got so much more. Call us 866-348-7884 866-34 truth. You might be surprised at some of the possessions that you're carrying.
3: it will clear the bitterness away. Even set a prisoner free There is no end to what its power can do So let it go and be amazed By what you see through eyes of grace The prisoner that it really
1: freezes you Forgiveness Well, hello Dolly today <laughs> Three moving Life lessons. And, you know, we talked a minute ago that stuff is easier to get than it is to get rid of. And one of the things that we get is we think people owe us. (laughs) We get debts. It's really we think that somebody should have behaved differently than they should have or they should have treated us differently than they should have. But however that works about, but it's kind of like this toe dolly. You got it, and it's and it's connecting to you. Now, how do you turn loose of that? Or you, you know, it's that's one of those possessions that Jesus is talking about that you can't continue to possess. And so you got to turn loose of that. And and you might have guessed, I just moved my mother in law <laughs> from Dallas, Texas, to here. And so, you know, it's I'm I am talking to myself here trying to unload some of my toe dolly because I realized that that's my situation. Eight, six, six, three, four, eight, seven, eight, eight, four is the number to call in and share your moving story. Eight, six, six, three, four truth. I'm very excited, Bob, because I have my sister, actually, who's in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and she's got a story. Cindy, my big sister, how are you? I'm so glad you called.
0: Oh, honey, happy birthday. Oh, that's hey. true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how happy we are at this age, but gosh, I'm happy that you're my brother.
1: Yeah, well, we're three days away, but it's like Robbie's birthday Eve, Eve, Eve. Is what okay, it is. <laughs> we think of it as
0: a birthday jubilee the whole week before the birthday.
1: There you go. I like but that. But I
0: wanted to tell you the Holly, the Hello Dolly story about our family. You probably don't remember, but when you were nine years old, Dad, mom, and myself went to see Hello Dolly with Carol Channing in McCormick um, Place in, in Chicago, and they dad got us second row seats, Ooh. and we were so close to Carol Channing that she was spitting on us <laughs> when she was singing.
3: <laughs> Did she provide towels with her showers?
0: The <laughs> <laughs> yes, usher's were handing them out, and I was just blown away because I was like thirteen. This was just the most tremendous, you know, turning point for me to see such an incredible thing live. I'd never gone to anything like that in my life. But from then on, Robbie, I don't know if you remember this, every Saturday morning, Dad would put that stack of musical records on <laughs> stereo and blast Hello Dolly and, you know, Oklahoma and all these songs what? all morning long.
1: Believe me, Isn't our listeners have been enjoying the, the fruit of that for years. Because <laughs> these songs run through my head, you know, as I'm going down the road, you know, I'm thinking about this Dolly, <laughs> and every time I'm walking up to it, as I'm thinking about the billboard that I mowed down um, years ago, I'm saying, "Well, hello, Dolly. Here we. It's so nice to have you back where you belong." <laughs> Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> that's
0: awesome I didn't know you mowed down that billboard well,
1: I, I, I'm I, terribly ashamed but I think it makes the point that when we don't count the cost sometimes of what we're getting ourselves into we mow o- over other people's lives because we get panicked and we think that we got to do something I th- heard that other car comment and that totally panicked I mowed over some guy's life and Aww. you know I you know that's that's what we do think about how many times I got terrified in my life and just got myself into something, didn't know how to get out of, it, and I just bowed him all. You can't back up. <laughs> you can't back up. <laughs> I'm so glad you called, sis. Dad, I love you, bro. and I love we will you too. we will talk in a little while.
0: Yeah, and have a great birthday. Thank you. Love you.
1: Love you too. Bye bye. Bye. Wow, uh, that was awesome. Wasn't that awesome? Yeah. And she see, she knows that all those musicals run through our heads because my dad and my mom they loved those things and they played them all the time we have sarah is in washington state sarah you're on the christian car guy show good morning
0: good
2: morning i'm sarah linda
1: hello sarah linda
2: yeah I, that's my first name
1: that's my other sister is linda so you got the the back part of my other sister's name
2: <laughs> <laughs> well i i have a i hope it qualifies for uh if my my sweetheart uh he was around 50 we've been married he passed away last year, but we've been married seventy years oh. he passed away almost ninety four but this happened when he was around uh, fifty one and he had a total heart arrest and we were living in canada and uh, uh but our uh, he, he, we we did he did a lot of traveling we did traveling together a great deal and so we had a lot of experiences once following a, a truck in the night because our lights had gone out to, to, in Texas. <laughs> so that's another story. But the thing I want to tell you about is uh, the adventure of packing everything we had. And my husband, after that heart arrest, uh, he don't Oh, you know, he was just a man that just, uh, like the Energizer Bunny, he right. just kept going no matter what. And um, anyway, we packed this largest U-Haul that that they had. No the 20-footer All yeah. our stuff. And, <laughs> oh, dear me. Well, anyway, we crossed Canada, and uh, it was a lot of, we were going through this, we had a, a place in the truck where we could sleep, you know, we just really? had a mattress and.
1: in order to outrun the mosquitoes. Well, Sarah Linda, I hate to interrupt this, but we we, yeah. we want to hear the rest of this when we get back. Can you hang on with us through the break? Oh, sure. Thank sure. you, Sarah Linda. We, you can call in at 866-348-7884. We'd love to hear your story. 866-34-TRUTH. So much more. Christian Car Guy Show coming up.
0: Dolly, I'll never go away again. Hello, Dolly. Well, hello, Dolly. It's so
1: nice to have you back where you belong. Well, hello, Dolly. <laughs> Three moving life lessons today. They are, number one, you can't back up. Number two, stuff is heavy and bulky and easier to get than to get rid of. And number three, you can fit 1,500 square feet of house in a 15-foot truck. We're going into all those. A little bit extra to go along with that. Right when we went right before we went to the break, we have Sarah Lynn, who's in Washington State, and she was describing how she and her husband were on this adventure up into Canada in a 20-foot U-Haul or thereabouts, and they were apparently planning on sleeping in the back of it and they ran into a cloud of mosquitoes. But Sarah, a lot of people in the east don't know what a cloud of mosquitoes are. <laughs> I I know because I've lived out west and you know, I was telling Bob, look, I've seen mosquitoes so thick I could not see you. And if yeah. you happen <laughs> into that situation, they are on you like you can't even see your arm.
2: Exactly. <laughs> And Hell
1: so, yes. and so I'm <laughs> picturing. Were you going to sleep that night in the back of the truck, and then all of a sudden? Oh,
2: oh no, yeah, we we were thinking about that, but uh, when we the, when all those mosquitoes started hitting the windshield, and we, well, we had to. We found a place. We found a place uh, to, you know, a motel to stay, and and my husband ran in and and uh, got, you know, got the room. And, and then my then we we parked that thing I think it was the biggest they had, I don't know how you know <laughs> yeah I... <laughs> the biggest you well you all you know those big things, oh yeah but, but anyway, we got my daughter uh she just was gonna be going to high school that year, but anyway we all we just uh we we got the few things we could grab, we didn't get out of that, we just
1: Hunkered down for a moment, huh? <laughs> yeah. I can tell you if you do not have bug spray and you happen into one of those, you, it's 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 an unbelievable experience. Oh, um, it,
2: it, it was. I'll never forget it. So when we were talking about, uh, uh, the, well, we had a lot of experiences. We left uh, when we left Washington. My youngest daughter was about seven, and we didn't take much with us, and and then we. We settled down. Finally, we did a lot of traveling, and my husband in the, his ministry. And then we we uh, settled in Texas, in Houston. And then we uh, were called up to uh, Toronto and settled there. And then he had this heart arrest. But so we had a lot of adventures in the traveling. But that was what well, was
1: just wow, came and, right to my mind. <laughs> and, and it's an interesting thing is as you, as you walk with the Lord it, that a lot of times you don't realize that you have an enemy out there and he is armed and dangerous with literally billions of mosquitoes that are ready to come after your very blood
2: (laughs) oh that is wonderful i'm so glad you you know i'm writing a book on our on our life together i mean and all it went on and and uh so i'm so glad because that uh, hearing this brought that to mind. So, I'm, And what you just said is I'm going to just include that. I so appreciate, and I want, uh, you know, what you bring ab- uh, about the real deep uh, experiences in the Lord that happened to us, to those who really, you know, you, or have an open uh, heart or m- right, mind or yeah. anyway, Uh We've had a lot of, it, it, you just encouraged me. But that... <laughs> I'm going to include what you just said
1: because please do that. You know, that's so it's so true. I've been under those attacks. Thank you, Sarah Linda. I'm so grateful that you called in today. God bless you and keep up the and, great work. Thank you. All right. Thank
2: you for you and keep up that wonderful uh, all the things. And that just comment was awesome. <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you. you. Bye bye.
1: Well, we would love to hear your story, 866-348-7884 is a number to call in, 866-34-TRUTH. With your moving life experience, Bob, that sounds like she was under that, attack. Yeah, but that man lived till he was, I think she said 94. 94, yes, sir. So, wow. Wow. I mean, isn't that cool that we got saints out there that have lived through so much as, as, as shared. You know, who knows how many lives those people's changed. and I mean, from Texas
3: to way up in Canada, yeah, they they put down <laughs> some miles for the Lord, that's
1: for sure. Well, as we were talking about, that possessions are easier to get than they are to get rid of. You know, I heard something this week it was actually about alcohol, That something about when you take that first drink, you know, you take the drink, but then the drink takes you after a period of time, you know third or fourth or whatever but i thought about it it's the same thing with possessions you know you you think you're taking hold of that possession but, but tr- try to get rid of it and see what happens it's
3: uh it's another addiction completely absolutely 100 percent, beyond any shadow of any doubt it it's another addiction
1: and so you're like can you turn loose to this can you turn loose to that but the possessions that, that have that have kind of come across my <laughs> radar, my personal radar, uh, were these things where I feel like people owe me. Not money.
3: <laughs> and you just really opened, opened my eyes to that uh, today when you first mentioned it. You know, I was like, what's he talking about? Ooh, he's talking about me. That's what
1: he's talking about. Well, John Eldridge gave me the he's he's said this in several different publications but he also says it through the boot camps and things that I've experienced it and I, and it really is helpful for to me is if you know you got that issue whatever that may be if you can just say look jesus you paid enough I, I, i'm going to I'm going to give that to you cuz you know that debt's been paid for and and he doesn't owe me anything you, you it's paid you did it and, 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 but it's important that I realize that, look, I got an issue right here, and I need to deal with this, and I need to apply the blood of Christ to that debt. You know, the debt's real in my mind, and so it takes a real sacrifice to get forgiveness. And it's nearly impossible to do, Bob, but I think it can be done.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, your tongue. talking— you know, at first, when you first started talking, I, I was relating it to physical possessions, and uh, and it's so hard to even on that level to get rid of some stuff because you know we had stuff in the basement and we went through it, and we went through it, and we went through it again, and little by little we've got it whittled down, but there's still a lot of stuff in there. And, you know, some of us connected to Rob and, and Lori was very tolerant about me not getting rid of anything, you know, his handwriting, anything that had his handwriting, you know, I wanted to cling to and hang on to and, and all that. But then when you got me to thinking about the emotional stuff and the, uh, mental stuff that I'm clinging to, uh, you just really, uh, shook me a little bit because, all of that wouldn't fit in the basement
1: <laughs> you know? well i gotta yeah. i gotta it's you know bob i gotta tell another story along these lines i my uh, my first wife um some who know me well know i'm unfortunately divorced my first wife um struggled with um schizophrenia was hospitalized and and actually never came out after until she passed away but before that happened, and when things were going good we we were gonna move from um, Grand Junction, Colorado to North Carolina. And she was a little ditzy at times. And she had packed the keys to her car that we were supposed to tow with a tow dolly in the very box that was at, you know, if you look at those U-Hauls, they got this thing called Grandma's Attic in the very front. Well, that's where you put the boxes. It's clear up over the cab. And then you load the entire truck. So we had, a, this box was loaded, 20 feet of truck. And I'm like, Debbie, where are your keys? And she said, oh, you know that box? <laughs> Well, <laughs> that first box you loaded <laughs> They were in there <laughs> Now at this particular time It's snowing and it's November And we got to get out of Grand Junction Or before the snow hits the passes We don't have chains or anything for this U-Haul And it, if you don't get out before the snow comes in You might be two or three weeks Before they can get that cleared out And you're coming on the other side this, It's snowing like to beat the band The truck's loaded I just need to hook up the, the, the same Grand Prix by the way To the tow dolly and go plow down some more sound. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: Sorry. <That's> so, <laughs> so this time, I go out, I disconnected the, the, the drive shaft so that I can push the car without the keys. And then I take the steering wheel horn cover off, and I pry every little finger in the steering wheel away from the lock rods so that the steering wheel t- will twist. So I can push the car into wow. position to, to tow it there's more to this story but you got one 866-348-7884 866-34-TRUTH yes I had to let go of that I had a definite doubt. so much more coming up Molly <laughs> have three moving life lessons that we're talking about today on the christian car guy show maybe you've had an adventure in a u-haul or maybe it was a rider truck you know they they have them too so we're we're, we're completely equal opportunityers maybe it was a penske you know we're, we're we're not talking about which kind it was but we would love to hear the life experience.
3: I've definitely been moved by your life lessons today. <laughs> Didn't see it coming. You always blindside me, and uh, kind of like that billboard. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you just have really opened my eyes, you know, and, and I think I'll know what you're talking about at first, and then after I sit here and, and ponder for a moment, I get a little deeper and, and realize that, the issues you 're talking about, I have an abundance of, and uh, it 's just really really, really incredible how you do that to me time after time
1: and we get so loaded down, mm. I mean, we get loaded down with physical stuff with emotional stuff, and again, this unforgiveness stuff and you know, <laughs> when I left our heroes, my wife had put the keys in the box now you could picture Robbie is those who know me well know that i'm not uh, not emotional and so i am like beyond mad i'm like screaming livid livid (laughs) but not it it unusually no (laughs) no no i I rarely would do that at the person i'd just go outside and i start screaming and i was reminded just i i've done this before (laughs) and like god are you seeing this are you aware that this is going on are you really going to let this happen and and I literally have had either He or the Holy Spirit or Jesus. One of them says to me, "Well, Robbie, now that you've got this all measured out just like this, was this the measurement that you would like us to use with you?"
3: <laughs> <laughs> Ooh wee, Lord, can you please use a different rule than the one I use? I, I I'm I'm not a great measurer, you know. And when I really started looking at the Lord's Prayer, um. Forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass. No, Lord, can you can you use a little bit better scale than the one I use, you know, because it's I'm not always forgiven. And uh you know, when you start talking about, you know, these people owe me.
1: Ooh. Yeah, how, and, how and wide and, my eyes open. <clears throat> and the beautiful thing I love about that song by Matthew West, you know, this is impossible stuff. It's literally impossible to to forgive under certain circumstances, to let these things go, the possessions that you can't turn loose of, because Jesus is pretty specific. Like, you're supposed to turn loose of everything, everything. I mean, it couldn't be more clear. And so the beauty of that is it's so impossible that it's it's like we talked about last week, and I don't know if you heard the show last week, Bob, but we talked about Miriam's well. And the Jews teach that Miriam was the, this older sister, it was interesting, my older sister called today, but she was the older sister of Moses. And she had this stone that followed her in the desert. And the way that she would get it to gush water was she would sing to it. And so you see these psalms and stuff in the that talk about singing to the rock, or even in look in Deuteron- excuse me, in Numbers 21. Where, you know, I always knew that Moses got in trouble for hitting the rock with a stone. But did you know later on, Jesus said, I mean, the Lord told Moses, you got to sing to the well? Well, when you're worshiping, when you see the value of what Jesus has done for you, when you get to that point where you can literally sing, because singing comes from the heart, right? And, and when you can sing to the Lord about that, then... Out gushes the living water that will cover that thirst you have for that <laughs> struggle, either with turning loose of that possession or turning loose of that debt that somebody's got on you. Well, see, when Rob died, I was able to find out who he had got the
3: drugs from that he overdosed on and, and ended oh up my. in his demise. And for quite some time, I pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. You know, I wanted the death sentence is possible for this guy and I was able to deal with that and I was pushing the um the guy this is
1: real you you wanted the death sentence for
3: well I I wanted him to get the maximum you know all all I could possibly get and the day that I appeared in court it was like I got received the big thump in the head and uh you know we were pushing the autopsy people and this Mm -hmm. and that and it just consumed me for a while it gave me purpose you know I've got to really make sure I get this bad guy taken care of. He didn't intend for Rob to die. He was an addict too, and he was just trying to uh, help somebody get something and, and help himself get some in return. And and I had pushed and pushed and, and worked on the autopsy, and, and it just consumed me for a long period of time. Autopsies don't happen fast, especially when there's a... um a criminal case involved with them because they've got to cross every I, I mean, cross every T and dot every I, and, and it just consumed me, it, but it, it, I felt like it gave me purpose, and I had to make this happen, and by the time we got to court, God had worked on me and everything, and and, and I even knew the guy, uh, and um, when I came my time to speak, I didn't ask for... Extra time or anything, you know, and I told the judge that at one time it would have been a lot different. That, uh, but no matter what happened to this young man, it was not going to bring my son back. And I realized that it wasn't his intent for Rob to die. I, I knew that. So you said and, that to the judge. Yes. And, uh, he got, oh my. he got pretty much the minimum as, as opposed, which was still, uh, you know, six years or so. But, um, you know, I feel like I could have probably hurt his case a lot more than, than and, you know, so I, I, I wasn't there to do that. I just I had to let some of that go. But boy, it sure gave me something to do for a, a period of time, because I was really, really, really wanting to uh, fry his bacon.
1: <laughs> I was. Uh, and, uh, well, you know, anybody, I can't imagine, you know, Bob, honestly, I can't even begin to imagine losing my child and and knowing that someone else was responsible in the in a way of greed or or any type of of you know criminal intent. And so you know, it just in and, and I you, can you take us back to that thump on the head. Um it was it was just
3: crystal clear. I mean, I had softened before I got in the courtroom, and and you know, it it was a process. I'd gone and see the guy in jail uh, before before the trial, and that was part of it. And just so many things. And I, and I'm sure Rob helped somebody get some drugs at some time in his life to help feed his habit. You know, that's the way that works. You know, if I can. Get this guy to buy some. I can get mine cheaper. Or, you know, it's it's just the culture, and the guy. You know, he he didn't want somebody he was helping get it to die because that was somebody out of his. You know, food chain, drug chain, whatever. You know, he it was not his intent, and uh, the Lord laid that clearly out in front of me, and uh, so I did not actively pursue. Um, maximum punishment and
1: uh, to do the impossible and that's that's wow what a story thank you yes sir it's beyond even thinking about. anyway thank you for listening and thank you for calling in and sharing your stories and and I I I pray that you'll consider letting go some of those possessions that got you be them physical or or spiritual um and and the thirst for what Jesus had in Luke 14 there, where he talks about being thirsty so you can thirst for that water. Thank you for listening to the Christian Car Guide to Show. Remember, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went and got it all done in 33 years.